Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. Today, from over the pond, we have Maz from the owner of Step Up Physiotherapy. So, Maz, if you wouldn't mind giving a little introduction on yourself there, sir. Uh, yeah, of course. First of all, thank you uh, for having me on the podcast. You know, it just means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. I feel very humbled to be on. So thank you, guys. Thank you. I'm a physiotherapist from the UK, but physiotherapist slash trainer, coach, whatever you'd want to put on the title. I've been a physiotherapist for now roughly about five years. So I went back into education quite late on uh, into my career. I started off as a personal trainer, so I've been doing that for 15, 16 years or so, I would say. I kind of got into my fitness from a young age. So I was heavily involved in terms of all different types of sports. My main had been martial arts. So I used to do karate uh, back when I was uh, since a child. So I think I was about nine, I think nine, ten. And I carried that on till I was about 19. And then from there, it kind of just transitioned into more of a bodybuilding kind of regime. And then everything else thereafter kind of just followed on from that. And yeah, so I went back into uh, education when I was in my mid-20s. And uh, and I haven't really looked back since. You know, so I think it's the, uh, the balance I have now is great in terms of my rehabilitation alongside with what I deliver to my clients for strength uh, training with my physiotherapy. Therapy. I um, I, part, I do uh, two jobs, or so two roles. I work in the NHS as well, which is a government-funded uh, mm-hmm. uh, healthcare system. Uh, I do that part time, and I work for myself uh, with from my private clinic slash gym part time as well. Um, so I kind of juggle the two, uh, really. So yeah, so that's oh. where I'm at. That. Okay, so if you you work part time for the NHS and then you have your private, is mm. there a difference in the treatment approaches? There's a difference in terms of the type of clientele that I see. Okay. Um, so that is slightly different. So the area that I work in, in terms of geographic uh, location, it is more geared towards the elderly care. So okay. there's a lot of elderly populations. So I deal a lot of with a lot of patients dealing with arthritic changes, knee hip replacements that kind of side of things. And whereas my private side of things, I see more of the kind of like the athletic kind of population. So I would be seeing more you know, gym goers, people that are that, that take part in sports, uh, sports clubs, and so on. And so I've got like a, a wide range of clientele that I tend to see. And I quite like it that way because well, I'm exposed to both ends then. And it, and it just keeps me on my feet in terms of more of the education side of things. So I'm constantly learning um, new things crop up every time for me um it just keeps me on my toes really so it's a good balance very nice so following you anyone that follows your account knows you aren't your normal physio so in regards to what most i think what most people would consider a physio's approach to how to train and how to handle recovery or coming back from injuries yeah so yeah, I get that quite a lot. So <laughs> I I don't have like a traditional kind of physio approach at all. My Because I, I think it's more for the fact that my background that I've had and also coming from a personal training background, mm-hmm. that being first, I kind of see myself as the trainer first and then I kind of, any injuries that crop up, I then try and 
put my physio hat on for that you know mm-hmm. uh, so when i do treat my patients and my clients i see it more in terms of what i would do for myself having gone through several injuries myself i had a ruptured ace which i went through the process of getting it reconstructed i've had several issues with my shoulders but low back pain ankle issues and so there's been a fair bit that and stuff that i've used in the past and i can see that is useful i'm able to pass that on to my clients a lot in an easier manner you know mm-hmm. so it's, it's kind of like whatever i give to my clients I, I make sure that i do it myself i would never give to my clients something that i've not tried i've not tested i don't know what it feels like for them to go through you know so i think that is so important and i don't think some physios expose themselves in, into that environment yes yeah? so i think it's very important for especially if you're trying to understand the individual and the uh, to our clients to kind of have that understanding ourselves to to pass that on yeah the empathy is really increased there and i think it's a better connection with the patients or your clients because they understand that you've gone through the same thing so it's nice to have that connection absolutely and the stuff stuff that you guys or anyone that sees on my instagram pages that's more kind of to draw people in really you mm-hmm. know so just kind of me just expressing my current level which changes on a daily basis depending on how my day has gone what's happening in my life all those factors affect how i perform on a daily basis so the stuff that is seen on instagram isn't always what i do on a daily basis mm-hmm. so they're like my like my best bits that are kind of showcase at the end of it it's always been i've always had like a base kind of level that i always stick to my main basics that i've kind of stuck to through the whole of what 15 17 years of me training in weight mm-hmm. uh, weightlifting that has hadn't changed at all because having that foundation i think has just kind of developed but it's given me the strength the mobility required to do some of the stuff that I showcase on my Instagram page, you know, mm-hmm. so a lot of people don't really see it from that side. They just think that I do a particular mobility drill or one particular mm-hmm. strength exercise. And that gives me the ability to do some of the things that I do, but it's not, it's years and years and years of working on the basics that's been grounded into me that I'm able to kind of showcase what i do just having that martial arts background too you know you just as long as you keep moving like that just gives you this this nice base of mobility for the rest of your life Uh, uh, absolutely uh so some of the drills that we used to go through back then i still implement those into my routine now you know so some of the old stuff is most likely probably the best stuff i've uh, i've ever done so there's nothing like all of a sudden, there's over the last like what four or five years, the sudden outburst of mobility into the fitness industry just kind of just taken over. But mm-hmm. it's been around for years and years and years, and no one really paid attention to it, you know. And just some some concepts have kind of highlighted that even further. They have made it more mainstream, so which is great, which is great. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's the basics that matter the most Mm -hmm. which people don't really pay attention to that is very true Um, everybody wants to do the advanced stuff 
Yeah, right? absolutely. And with, with the advanced stuff, stuff as well, it's kind of if you don't have the base level, the, uh, the underlying kind of strength, the mobility, you're all, your body might be able to get into certain positions, but you mm. will not be able to kind of progress on uh, further and look at improving that going further, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you tend to think that there's too much of a safety culture in our approach to how we move or what our limitations should be? Are we a little bit too much on one side versus understanding maybe we should kind of maybe push the limits a little bit more? Yeah, I, I think it's kind of we go through stages. So I think mm-hmm. we go through different phases. So like before several years ago it would it would have been the case that certain movements are deemed to be unsafe you can't get into certain positions for example like i don't know like knees going past toes or rounding of the lower back in particular movements or having a one strict form to complete a task you know so uh, that was at one stage. Now we're kind of shifting over to the other spectrum where oh. we're saying it's okay to have your knees go past toes. It's okay to kind of go into spinal loading under flexion. But I feel like it's kind of it's pushing too far that way. Uh-huh. Okay. So I think we just kind of need to have a balance between the two. So obviously, like in terms of movement, there's it's like a huge spectrum, you know? Well, some people are capable of doing some movement patterns. Some people are not capable of doing this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that the ones that can't do it, that they need to work on those patterns to be able to do what other people can do. It's more people lose the sight that uh, individuals need to be more task specific. So they need to work towards what they do on a regular basis, what their interests are, what their hobbies are, and not get too focused and relied on in terms of what person on the in, in, on Instagram's doing that they're mm. able to kind of I don't know, do a sissy squat um, with weight or whatever. It, it just doesn't quite match up to that individual. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. that make sense? This mm-hmm. kind no, of, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Dennis yeah. and I talk about that a lot where like we admire, you know, different movers or people lifting things on the internet, but we don't necessarily try to chase those goals. It's like, Hey, look, we train for what we need to, or, you know, what I want to get good at, whether it's climbing or golf or whatever, or my, what my clients need. Hey, she wants to be able to, to get out of bed a little bit easier or whatever, just pick something up. And I think people get, depending on the messaging of someone on Instagram, they see like, Hey, this is the only way. Then they look at it and they're like, Oh man, you know, yeah. I have back pain, but he says I can, I can pick up this, you know, heavy bar with a rounded back. So I'm going to go try that. And it's like, wait, it, that might be okay. That, like a year down the line. That, uh, absolutely. Like, like I get messages, like, like I get DM saying, I want to be able to do this. How'd you do it? Kind of things. And I'll always come back with the question, like, why do you need to do it? It's, uh, oh, just because I yes. posted it. Yeah. What is your reason for doing it? You know, is that do you have a particular goal? Is there a specificity involved in this? Uh, do you require it for any tasks throughout the day? No, it's come back with now. I just want to kind of do what you're doing. People want quick answers and they mm-hmm. want quick results, which just doesn't happen. You know, it just it's just not the way. And to try and get that across to someone it is very difficult. It's um, it's the same with um, pain as well. It's kind of 
when people have pain, they always like always get messages saying that oh, I've got this issue here. I can't squat. What should I be doing? Should I stop squatting completely? Things like that, you know. And it's kind of always kind of asked like, right, okay, is pain actually limiting you from doing a, your exercises or activity, or can you kind of work through the pain? People kind of shy away from pain very quickly, mm-hmm. but straight away take some type of pain relief or try and mask the pain somehow when in reality it is kind of we know that pain it doesn't always equal damage we can it's okay to kind of work through certain levels of pain generally kind of exposing certain movements and just pushing slightly into pain will naturally kind of establish some kind of a capacity and your body will adapt to that in the longer run Uh And people don't realize that people straight away, as soon as they see pain, they want to kind of get rid of the pain. But sometimes I think pain is needed. Pain is not a bad thing. So we experience pain. It's that we should kind of embrace it and be like, okay, so this is what happens when we do this particular movement. It's not the end of the world. Like I have pain pretty much every day. Like I wake up, I have like a bit of a niggle like in my shoulder every now and then, depending on what I've done. I might have a bit of a backache, a bit of a knee, like a, a irritation. It doesn't stop me from doing anything that I do. It does stuff that you see on my Instagram. doesn't stop me from doing any of that. What it has done, though, is it's allowed me to kind of express myself in certain movements that I would not have dreamed of many years ago uh-huh. due to the fear of pain. You know, So it's kind of exposed my body. I've built up a certain capacity that I know for a fact that if I walk down the road, if I have a fall, a trip or something like that, I'm more confident now that I most likely will be able to handle that more mm. than kind of yes. if I hadn't exposed my body to all those stresses, you know, I, I think that is something that needs to be communicated well to like our audiences. I think it's a, like pain is not a bad thing. We need to kind of accept it and just work with it. So we don't need to kind of completely get rid of the pain, a little bit of pain through movement. It's absolutely fine. It, it, for us, it's just your body communicating with you. It's letting you yeah. know that certain things may be a little off kilter, so let's yeah. try to find out what it is instead of just, okay, let's just try to hide it and forget about it. But unfortunately, I think that's sadly, it's just too much of a human instinct is just to cover it up. At least here in the Western part of the world, we just want to cover it up and then just go <laughs> on with the rest of the rest of the day. Right. Absolutely. And the thing with, with your stick mobility, I think it's great. The fact that with the using the sticks, you can kind of like with my patients anyway, like I can put them into certain positions that where they would experience pain, but they can, they feel more in control because they can create that tension, you know, they can push mm. down into the stick, they can get into certain positions that they wouldn't usually kind of explore in, you know, so like something like that, using certain tools, I think, is a great way to kind of express into those fearful patterns and those movements. Yeah, and it just kind of makes that individual more robust and like kind of um, uh, accepting of being okay to work with pain, you know? Well, I liked what, before we started the recording, we were talking and you were talking about your own personal training as far as it's very spontaneous. It's very what you feel. You said you had like a a base idea of what you're going to do. 
but then you just go about how do I spontaneously feel? What is feel? What feels right and what feels wrong? Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, absolutely it's, it's, it's always in my mind. I've I've got like my base movement plans that I know that I'm going to work on that particular day. So they're always kind of scheduled in. And then, like with me, uh, with my history of injuries, and I know how my body responds to certain stresses um, throughout the day. So it could be things like my work, how I've slept, foods that I've, I've had the, either the day before or on the day itself. All of these factors kind of, it di- they dictate how I'm going to respond on the gym floor. So I always kind of start with my base movement patterns. Depending on how that goes, I will then kind of, it would, those patterns will usually highlight to me, okay, now this region kind of is not feeling at its optimal level at the moment. Let's kind of just explore into this a bit more. And then I'm, I, might, I might do something kind of just a bit of exploration work, kind of looking at some joint work or something, maybe use the sticks to kind of dig further into that. Depending on how that feels, I will then stem off my rest of my exercises from that. So I have a very strange approach if you would say you know to my own training but my clients is different so my clients is kind of it's a different pathway that i take with them and again that's just dependent on their individual goals but for yeah my training is very kind of uh it's semi-structured i would say but it's 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 based off of your body awareness of you knowing what's going on how you're feeling, how the body responds, and then being able to change on the fly in essence. Absolutely. I think I think that I've kind of the body awareness that I have is I, I really feel like my martial arts kind of background has kind of mm-hmm. established that for me from the beginning. So I think I was fortunate enough to be in that position where my parents kind of put me into martial arts from a young age and that just kind of just excelled us that went on. And I did that for, I think, pretty much almost nine, 10 years. So I had that training behind me. You know? So that awareness side of things, I think, has come more from that. And to be honest as well, like with my mobility training, people think that I spend a lot of time doing mobility work to improve my awareness. In reality, I don't. Like my mobility is my actual main weightlifting sessions. A lot of my mm. Uh, exercises nice. that I do, they cover multiple joints, looking at going through a large range of motion. And that I class that more as my mobility and my strength working routines. Like I've tried spending like half an hour just focusing on mobility drills, trying to fit that in throughout the week. But my schedule is just, uh, I can't yeah. do it. It's just, yeah. it's no time for it, you know? So it's just kind of, you just have to be a bit strategic with it. Mm-hmm. And again, if it's something that you really want to do, then obviously you'll then plan more for that. You'll maybe do more of the mobility training aspect of things for that itself. Whereas mine's more generalized, more for global awareness rather than anything specific at the moment. We often talk about how people kind of forget the context where things fit into their priorities or their life or what they're trying to accomplish. Everybody just wants to keep putting that round peg in that square hole. That's quite difficult to kind of to target as well. Like I don't think we'll ever kind of overcome that. I think that's always going to be around. Mm -hmm. And and especially I think with social media, although it's so great, like in terms of getting messages across, uh, kind of speaking with um, people that you wouldn't normally speak to, you know, communicating mm. with them. 
but at the same time it just is very negative at times too yeah. you know mm, and that yeah. can kind of stop people from progressing further i think going more to your clinical side here in the us if we're if a pay, if a person is in a system healthcare system and they have to go into see a physical therapist i don't think they really get a choice in who they get to go see would you recommend even for for most people that they should try to seek out a specific style or certain type or perspective of a physical therapist is this more in terms of if they're dealing with pain yeah, someone and that has looking, an injury yeah yeah because i think sure. unfortunately for yeah. us over here it's okay here you're going to physical therapy this is who you're going to go see and you're like okay sure so yeah. you know yeah so if uh, if you're in pain something goes wrong you usually by the doctors they'll get referred to the physical therapist usually they won't have a choice of which mm-hmm. therapist they that they will see they'll see one that's local to them for them at their local hospital mm-hmm. they usually won't get a choice really unless if they've already been there before and then they might then request right i want to see this person again but usually it's just i uh, just say uh, anyone really whoever's free that that they will see them itself again in terms of treating certain type most musculoskeletal physios here they you can see see them for any any issues really so there's no real kind of you don't need to see this person just for this issue or anything like that that's um mm. yeah i know a lot of physios are going to more cash uh, out of pocket yeah. structures and so I think what's interesting for people to have that ab- ability to actually go pay out of pocket to see a physio, is there certain things that they should be looking for in their choice of a physical therapist? Yeah, absolutely. So, so depending on that individual and where they're coming from, really. So mm-hmm. is, it main, is it from a sporting injury that they are coming to see the physical therapist or is it more from a daily kind of activity perspective mm. i think choosing the right physiotherapist is very important in terms of that physiotherapist has to understand that individual that client mm. they don't understand them they're not going to be able to the therapist and client relationship isn't going to prosper you know so there's going to be always some setbacks you won't get the compliance between the patient and the therapist itself so i think that is a that is very important i think you have to be very specific as if you are cash paying, you need to go, for example, if you are, I don't know, if you do CrossFit or something, you want to see a physiotherapist that sees a lot of CrossFit injuries or athletes mm. That, mm. that they treat them for, you know? So it's kind of go with ones that specialize in that certain field more. But then again, also, even though you might go to that physiotherapist, they might not take part in that particular sport themselves. Wow, so yeah. so it's kind of it's a tricky one it's kind of uh, you mm-hmm. want to kind of an ideal situation would be you go to a, a therapist that takes part in that sport does it exactly what you uh, do and they can then kind of empathize with you they know right okay this is the demand of the sport this is what we need you to get back to this is where you currently are and then they should be able to kind of bridge that slot you, you, you'll get more of a better relationship from the patient and the physio which most likely have a more of a stronger outcome in terms of a positive result. Mm-hmm. Whereas if there wasn't a compliance, the recovery will can possibly be a lot. It might take a bit longer. 
it does make a difference. So a lot of like my clients that I see uh, privately, they use the gym quite a lot and they come and see me for uh, squatting related action, uh, injuries, uh, pressing injuries. And I'm able to kind of relate to that because I've gone through many injuries myself mm-hmm. relating to those patterns. So I'm able to kind of, even before they say, right, okay, I, uh, when I do this, I get this type of pain. Even before they said what it is, I'm able to kind of, I'm thinking, okay, it's most likely this type of issue is probably, uh, this is the type of pain. And as they're saying it, as they say it, I'll kind of repeat that back to them so they can see that, okay, understand, I can empathize with them. I think it's very important. Yeah, because his here, you know, typically if you go to a physical therapist that you may be referred to at the hospital, sessions are probably half an hour. And then afterwards, it's like, okay, this was the joint that was affected. Here's your printout with the four or five exercises that you're going to do with this yellow resistance band that we're going to give you. And then, you know, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Whereas, you know, the private model, there's a a little bit more care. Sessions are going to be longer. Um, So I don't know if if it's similar there. So kind of um, like in terms of the NHS, so the time that we get with the patients is it is limited. Mm-hmm. So usually uh, it's around about half an hour mark, but within the half an hour, we have to do everything in terms of uh, treat the patient, do the notes. If we need to kind of liaise with anyone else, we need to do all of that kind of within yeah. that time frame. Oh, so usually yeah. patient contact is probably between 10, 15 minutes, if at most 20 minutes of that 30 minute session. Privately, so so when I see my clients, I see them for an hour. And within that hour, I just literally just give them my full attention. I'm just with them yeah. from start to finish. I don't do anything else. Anything else that needs doing, I do it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, so in terms of, yeah, the care that they receive, there is like we just kind of in the NHS we just limited that like resources yeah. but we just limited with that although it's not ideal but mm-hmm. it's the, the best that we can do deliver at, at that at this moment you know mm-hmm. yeah so it's kind of I don't know if I've gone off off topic there was that an answer no no, no no that makes sense yeah 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 no that's because uh, a lot of people don't know how the system works they don't they don't understand the difference between going in system to a physical therapist versus having the choice to actually look for one on their own. And yes, it's going to be more costly. You're going to have to pay out of pocket, but is that for a lot of people, a better option than staying in system? Absolutely. And with my clients, so the hour long sessions that I have, I'm able to kind of more from like, in terms of the education side of things, I'm able to educate them on Mm -hmm. the, condition that they might be going through and go through everything with them you know give them specific drills exercises that mm. i feel might be needed at that point in time you know and also i didn't deliver a lot i just spend more time on just focusing on one maybe two specific exercises for that patient i see a lot of people they kind of have gone to see a certain physio They've given them basically like a sheet of A4 paper mm-hmm. with six, seven, eight different exercises that's targeting multiple things like stability, mobility, strength. Mm-hmm. And the patient's looking at this and they're not really going to want to do any of that. It's going to take them such a <laughs> yeah. long time to get through it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's it just kind of not the ideal scenario to be in. That, that's the reason like, in terms of specificity matters so much for for the individual for the task 
um, and for the uh, the physio as well that's treating that that patient as well. Well, I think this information is great to hear because I think sometimes you know physical therapists that do work at the hospital may get a bad name because mm-hmm. you know they do have these constraints on them, but people don't understand. You know, hey, look, they're still trying to do the best they can, but these are the limitations. Yeah that we have we can only see you for 10 to 15 minutes and then you know hey these are the best we can do right now you can't always apply you know your whole model that you want to in that half an hour absolutely absolutely that and that's why like i I feel in terms of when you see the patient more the education uh, education side of things is so important once you impart that with them they are then able to kind of self-manage the situation themselves they don't need to rely on a physiotherapist or anyone else to kind of uh, manage the issue going forward. It is very difficult because the patient's expectations are usually the other way, where they want more of the physical therapist's input, and especially they might favor more, for example, like a hands-on approach mm-hmm. rather than the education side of things. Mm-hmm. Which is okay, which is uh, which is fair enough. Um, yes, at times it can be useful. But when you have only 15, 20 minutes to do something, it's not great. It's not ideal because all you're going to do is you're going to say hi, hello to the patient as soon as they walk yeah. in, get on the bed, do the work, whatever it is, hands-on treatment, whatever that they need. And then they're going to be out the door kind of thing, which is not going to last 10, 15 minutes. And they're going to, you're going to then create that dependency for that patient to keep coming back to the therapist for mm. more and more mm. treatments. Mm-hmm. But in the longer run, they're not really achieving anything. Mm-hmm. That might be okay. And we know that like, in terms of nature uh, will take its course, uh, injuries will heal, and it's just time that's needed. So while that process is happening, the issues are naturally healing itself anyway. And what might happen is they might go away, think that, right, that hands-on treatment has cured them. If something like that happens again in the future, it most likely usually you see like a repeat kind of process, they'll come back and expect the same delivery again. So it's kind of very difficult to kind of break out of that pattern and uh, to kind of, in terms of improving the patient-physio kind of relationship. Yeah, it's like we're on a hamster wheel and we just can't get off the damn thing. So it's like, <laughs> it's like well, we got to stop it, change it. And I know yeah. for uh, from other physios we've talked to, you know, it's part of the frustrating, frustrating structure you know, they'd like to see some change in how it's it's applied. But it's like you said, I mean, constraints are constraints and you have to work within those. But I think that's the reason why we've seen more people going to that private style of saying, OK, I'm going to go open up my own practice so that way I can dictate what I do for my patients. But even with the private side of things, as well, uh, you've got a great therapists out there, but you also have the same kind of some still follow the same model where they kind mm, of you're true yeah yeah where they kind mm. of they want to draw that patient back in for mm. for more services yeah, true, true, so yes. it's um so it's, it's very difficult to try and find the right individual for it it's ideally you want to like in my when i see my patients i probably see them maybe twice max and then maybe every now and then three, four, five, six months down the line, I might see them once more. But probably between one to three sessions is what I usually have with my patients, oh. with my clients in the private side. So I don't usually have a repeat um, kind of clientele for my physio. My personal training, yes, I have my regular yeah. clients for that. But my physio side of things, I don't see patients for that long. 
I give them as much kind of information as I can that I think is suited for them. And I get them to work on it going forward. And they can always kind of, if any issues, any concerns, then they get in touch with me. And I usually address it through either through just through messages or and if another appointment is needed, then I'll book them in. So it doesn't kind of create that dependency for my client to be like, yeah, they need to come and see me for me for the issue to go away. They know what to do. They know that, right, okay, mm-hmm. this is how long it's going to take for something like this to kind of improve. There's going to be ups and downs. Give them as much information as they need. And then they, they're they happy to kind of manage this going forward. But I know many that don't follow that approach. Gotcha. So they have to reverse, you know. So it's, and, and that's the kind of the frustrations, I would say like within like my uh within our industry really you mm. know so in the fitness and the rehab kind of industry i think mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like when like for me i only refer out to like with chiropractors the chiropractor yeah. has to do soft tissue work and i want to make sure i'm sending somebody to a chiropractor that's going to spend probably a half hour with the patient versus yeah they're going to go in they're going to get cracked in the same model that the previous 100 people had been in the same way, and they'll be in and out in five minutes. So that kind of chiropractor, I'm like, no, it's just not being referred to. So, yeah, I, I, for me personally, somebody that's going to spend more time with the person, communicate and really start to connect with the person so that way they feel more confident and there's that relatability and that empathy, yeah. And plus, like uh, in that scenario as well, like if you had that relationship with a chiropractor, that you know that you're sending your clients to them for a particular issue, and you both are on the same wavelength, mm. the compliance rate from that from your client between the two is going to be so much higher, and you'll see so much more of a progression for that mm-hmm. client as well. Whereas, yeah, compared to that other model. It's not, it's not, it's just kind of, you're just creating that hamster wheel, you know? So mm-hmm. it's kind of, yes, yeah, yeah, completely agree. It's, so coming from this personal training background and then having the physiotherapy background, mm. do you feel like this just needs to be blended into one profession? Because yeah, there's uh, so much abs- crossover and, you know, when it comes to strength training, overload, you know, all that. I think a lot of the stuff that I do from my physio side of things I do exactly the same in my personal training side mm-hmm. of things, you know, leading up to when I did my, my physiotherapy degree, a lot of what I do now had, it's pretty much been the same. It's only things are certain. My thinking has just changed in some of the thought processes that I, uh, that I used to think that, right, okay, this is what happens when you do this. Things like that is what's changed. But in terms of how I manage certain situations, certain conditions, certain goals is exactly the same. And I think it is, yeah, I think the physiotherapy side of things and personal training, like the coaching side of things, they it needs to be merged into one. You know, a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. that I might do as a physiotherapist, um, I know I know several good, very good personal trainers, coaches that I'd be like, yeah, cool. If I say this, I know that they, I'm confident knowing that they can implement that into mm-hmm. their kind of structured program. You know, it just works very well. Just um, just merges in really nicely. The, the only problem is that it, when I went to physiotherapy school, you don't get any of the exercise side of things um explained very well 
So uh, there isn't a particular module. There isn't a dedicated time where you go away, practice exercises, go through mechanics, certain movements, certain exercises. There's none of that in there, which it just doesn't make sense. I believe that there is some certain universities now are starting to incorporate a bit more now. I think they're starting to become a bit more open to that now. Mm-hmm. But still, the majority of it is like you're not really exposed to that side of things from the training side of things, which, yeah, I just, I just don't understand that. So, yeah, because there's a lack of application then. I mean, the person's... Yeah, yeah. So, the, basically, they're just regurgitating information without actually knowing what it feels like. Absolutely. And I think that because of that, we're stuck in this horrible cycle in terms of the, the patient-therapist kind of reliance, you know? So, I think, it, it, yeah, we just can't break out of that because of that. I, I think it needs to start at that level, the education level, and get it instilled into like the upcoming physios, get them exposed to something, you know, like go and do a few squats, go and do a few deadlifts, yeah. some overhead pressing, move in this kind of manner, you know, just explore a bit. I think if that was instilled in them at the beginning, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it'll be physiotherapy, it'll be so much of a different kind of level, a different approach they will have, you know. Yeah, because, you know, at the end of your rehab, there should be some sort of test or, or screen of like, hey, you're ready to return to play. Here's let's do some of these activities, you know, and see if you can just do them without having to, oh, you know, be hesitant or yeah. freeze up a little bit. You know, you've got to be able to go out there and go 100 percent and, you know, not care. And the amount of physics that I talk to and I will then speak, to, uh, how do you feel when you do this or how uh, did you do this test? How did you explain that to them? They'd be like, uh, I don't know. I just said that, yeah, do this. I've kind of, uh, here's the sheet, kind of do this for me. Just kind of, so that's that side of things. I think it definitely does need to change, you know? It's like the doctor that tells you to lose weight and eat healthier as they're smoking a cigarette. Back in the day when they yeah. smoke a cigarette in front of you and you're like, dude, you're like 300 pounds, bro. And you're smoking a cigarette in my face back when you could do that. But yeah, that's kind of the ironic thing. You're like, um, do you practice what you're preaching essentially, right? Yeah, I think that's so important, but it just gets overlooked by a lot of clinicians, I feel. I think it'd be so much more different if someone just picked up a barbell and just did like 10 squats or something. The information that they would get, which they can then impart with their client, the patient, so much more different that is very so. true that is very true well maz yeah. thank you for joining us man i know it's late over there so we'll get you off here thank you brother we appreciate your time love no. seeing your information online as far as anybody that wants to follow you how can they get a hold of you or stay in uh, contact y- yes i say um it just uh, uh i'm mainly just more active on instagram so it's just one word just step up physiotherapy um I've got my link to my website on there as well. Even can check me out on there. But there, that's the only main platform that I really use. I don't really use Facebook that much, uh, not on Twitter or anything like that at all. But yeah, just Instagram mainly. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, th- thank you so much for having me on, guys. I really, really appreciate that. I feel very humbled again. Uh, and yeah, I love, I love everything that you do. You know, so I watch all, uh, all the podcasts that you do, everything that you do. Is, yeah, it's great. Well, thank oh, you very so much. much. Thank you, brother. And thank you for for everything, all the information you're putting out there to the people that need it. We need more people like you, brother. All righty. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to all the listeners out there, until next episode, be good to each other. <laughs>